Welcome to UpcomingHorrorMovie.com's UHM Podcast. Alright folks, welcome, welcome. We're on episode two of the Upcoming Horror Movies UHM Podcast. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Ryan. And joining me from across the pond is our very international guest, Mr. Shane Smith. Greetings all. So how are you today, Shane? I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, I just uh, keep myself busy and uh, watching horror, as one does. Um, of course. Yeah. What else would well, you do? Not a lot, actually. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> watching lots of horror movies and avoiding the horror channel like the plague because it's shit. I'll come back. No, I, I, we don't have the horror channel here. What's on that? Uh, the horror channel UK is basically during the day they have stuff like Xena, Warrior Princess, Highlander, um, as a oh, Island of Lost Souls, or whatever that is, some TV show from okay, the, yep, from the early noughties. And um, in the evening they'll have reruns of Hammer Horror Classics or um, Hammer House of Horror, the TV series from the eighties. Or yep. um, reruns of Saw Four, which is all they seem to be playing. Saw Four, yeah, that's what they seem to be playing at the moment. There's hardly anything else. <laughs> Although saying that, it's um, uh, it's the Laugh or Die season that started last weekend, and I think it's tonight is Idle Hands is on, but <clears throat> I have that on DVD, so uh, I might I might watch it, I might not, <laughs> or I might just put the DVD on itself. Just for yeah, just for shits and giggles, and uh, yeah, as well as that, buying um, well, I got, I got given a late Christmas gift um, on Wednesday. A friend of mine got me a copy of Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, which uh, oh, I haven't seen that yet. So funny, it really is. I think you'll appreciate it. It is very funny. Is it along the lines of like Zombie Land or something like that? It, I've seen the previews. Yeah, it is, and uh, obviously it's. One of those films I watched with trepidation because I wasn't sure if it was going to be good or not. And when I finished watching it, I came away as a fan, and I did love it. And it is hysterically funny in places. So, yeah, hmm. I recommend it. I do recommend it. Yeah, definitely got to check that out. I, I, I meant to see it, but I'm not going to watch it in the movie theaters. It costs like fifteen dollars to go to the movies around me. So that's, that's ridiculous for that, for that kind of price. Yeah, for that kind of price, I might as well buy a Blu-ray of it. And even even then, I probably wouldn't spend $15 on a Blu-ray of that movie. Well, yeah, I mean, I haven't been to the cinema for two years, near enough. Yeah, because yeah. it's just so expensive. I think... Oh, yeah. I mean, usually, if I'm if I'm going to the movies and, and I got to, you know, drop $15 on a movie, mm. it's going to be for something that's, like, special effect heavy, you know, that you really want to see on the big screen, you know, like superhero movies or... You know, all these, like, A, Hollywood movies that you want to see uh, on the yeah. big screen. Not, like, something that I can, you know... A romantic comedy, I'm not going to go watch that in a movie theater. It's not worth the money. Yeah. No, I wouldn't watch a romantic comedy at the best of times. So, uh, <clears throat> but, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so our, yes. uh, our topic for today, right, we're going to be... We had a, a bunch of stuff planned. Um, a couple guests sort of fell through. But we're going to put those mm -hmm. topics on hold and we're going to move to something that both Shane and I love and would love to discuss. And that's really the uh, the Alien series. Yeah. Pretty much uh, going. How, how long ago was the first one? 79? 79, yeah. 37 years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's when my brother was born. I was born in 74. So, yeah. I was oh, okay. five when it, Yeah, I was five when it first came out. My oh, my older brother and my sister both went to see it in the theaters when it was released. They probably don't remember much of it, but yeah, they I remember them telling me they went and saw it in the cinemas and quite amazing, really. I was quite jealous. <laughs> it's just one of those films that I never I would have loved to have seen on the big screen, but never had the opportunity to do so. Yeah. I I never saw Alien on the big screen. Aliens, I saw in a um, 
there's a movie theater around us that does um they'll play old movies every now right. and then and uh and i caught aliens on one of their like saturday night screenings they had on there mm-hmm. so i was like oh i have to watch that but no i never saw never saw the first one on the big screen i saw three and four on the big screen yeah, um, yep. I saw. I think I saw three at a drive-in. I think my parents took me to a drive-in to see Alien why? Three. At four, I don't remember watching it in a movie theater. That might have been. Geez, I think I missed that in theater, and I saw it on like the uh, VHS release. Yeah, I was four. I definitely saw that was nineteen ninety-seven. Um, I was. I saw that with my brother and his now ex-wife. Um, so yeah, that's. God, that's 19 years ago. Kind of scary. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, you, I know recently you watched all these. Oh right? yeah, I um, watched them pretty much over four nights. I was, um, it was last week actually. I uh, just had this idea. I thought, right, I need to watch the Alien films, you know, because I hadn't seen them for a long while. But I watched them in reverse order. Um, oh really? Yeah, just for something different. Um, you know, I suppose you could say watching the worst to the best, so to speak. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I enjoyed watching them, but whenever I watch them, I always watch the director's cuts. I don't watch the theatrical yeah. cuts. Um, see, I feel like I've watched the director's cuts so much that it would almost be interesting to go back and watch the theatricals again. See, for me, I think if I watched, if I were to watch the theatricals again, I'd be missing so much. Right with aliens i would miss so much yeah oh that that one's way longer in the director's cut 17 minutes extra so um yeah i mean i'd miss a lot and i do love those extra scenes but yeah definitely Mm. so So let's let's go to the first alien for a little bit yes um, this is uh one of one of ridley scott's masterpieces right yes agreed um sort sort of introduced the world to Sigourney Weaver. Yes, and um, also featured Tom Skerritt and uh, Veronica Cartwright, who people may have be familiar with from The Witches of Eastwick. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And Harry Dean Stanton, um, who mm-hmm. everybody knows from the Brat, uh, the Brat Pack movies, namely Pretty in Pink, um, John Hurt and Ian Holm. So uh, yeah, basically you're forgetting it's... one one of one of my favorites, Yafet Kodo. Of course, yes, he Which... was the guy who played the actual alien itself. No, 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 no. Yafet was one of the. Uh... No, he was. Um, let me see. Yafet was one of the. Uh... I, I think he was the pilot. He... Yes, that's right. Yes. Um... I just actually received a. Uh... A signed autograph uh, from it wasn't from him. It was a uh, there, there's a charity over in the states that's uh, that does uh, horror movie uh, or, or it's horror fans that donate to charity. It's called Scares That Care. It's a great little charity. Yes. It's pretty much where I donate most of my money to. Yeah. And they had like this thing where if you donate so much, we'll send you a um, we'll send you an autograph or whatever. Okay. So I I put in a donation and um, you didn't know what you were going to get for the most part. You could be like, yes, I would like, you know, one of these autographs or whatever, but they would just send you a package with a few of them in it. Yeah. And one of them was Yafet Kodos. And I'm like, yes, Yafet Koto. My girlfriend's like, who the hell is that? (laughs) I'm like, it's the guy from Alien. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Basically, it's just a a story about um, a crew of uh, seven people on a ship called the Nostromo um, going in search for whatever it is they're going for. I think it's salvage, if I remember correctly. They're going on a salvage mission. And they come across... Yeah, I, I don't remember if they were like a mining crew or, or yeah. if they were just trying to collect scrap metal or something. I think it was scrap, maybe. But um, they come across... Yeah. A, they get a distress call um, from a planet, um, which we later find out is LV-426. And... Uh, when they arrive there, they find a, a crashed ship, and inside they find a lot of eggs. And then they go forth, investigate. Um, John Hurt's character, um, Kane, gets an embryo or gets a, a hatchling attached to his face. So they take him back to the ship, take him into medical, and um, upon trying to remove uh, said um, face hugger, um, 
they cut it, which then leaks acid blood um, and then bleeds through a couple of decks of the ship. And uh, it uh, essentially, it dies after it's impregnated him, but the crew were completely unaware of what's happened. So he wakes up, they're all having dinner, he starts convulsing at the table, and then an alien pops out of his chest, leading to quite a terrifying ride of not knowing uh, what's happening to the other crew. But um, <clears throat> it essentially, for those who aren't familiar with the film Alien, it's basically the alien itself grows and grows to such a height it taken off the crew members one by one. And um, at first you think it's killing them, but it turns out they're not. it's not actually killing them, it's cocooning them. Um, it's basically stashing them away for the possibility of um, more eggs to be hatched and uh, more aliens to be bred. Right. And the first yeah. one, they don't explain the, the, the queen or anything like that. No, so you, not at you, all. you see him sort of cocooning these people up. And, and I'm, I'm almost wondering what was this? Because this was like a worker alien, right? Right. This this wasn't a queen that hatched out of the guy's chest. No. This was definitely... So what was that alien's plan? Like it was going to wrap all these people up, but where, where's the queen to lay the eggs? Yeah, exactly. See, this is the thing. I think because they're on the ship, aren't they? So they just, they just take off. And yeah. they, they obviously... The alien itself is probably just using them just to stash them, possibly to eat them, possibly just to the stash in the way, keep them for safekeeping for the queen herself for when she arrives. So who knows where the queen is at this moment in time, but it's basically all down to Sigourney Weaver, her character of Ripley, um, trying to outwit the alien itself. <clears throat> and not forgetting Jonesy, the cat. We can't forget him. Of course. Yeah. But, um, yeah, <laughs> the only the only cat that's worth risking not only your life but like an entire space station for exactly. I'd do it. Like self destruct sequence. I have to save the cat. <laughs> yeah, I'd do it. You know, I'd be like, hang on a minute. You can kill everybody else, but you're not taking the cat. <laughs> but yeah, I do have I do actually have some interesting um, info that I pulled up off the internet because um, the okay. inter the internet is a wonder of modern technology. Um, basically, of the Hungarian title for the film was called The Eighth Passenger of Death because they didn't believe in aliens, apparently. So uh, they gave that the <laughs> Yeah, they gave that the title. Um, the original cut of the film is 192 minutes. Um, so if anybody can get a rough cut of Alien, you're looking at three hours and 12 minutes. Of... Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> and... You have, the, obviously, there's the two versions. The theatrical cut of the film is 117 minutes. And the director's cut is only 116 minutes. Although the director's cut does have um, extra scenes. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's no dialogue for the first six minutes of the movie. I don't know if anybody else has noticed that. Um, no, it's been a while since I watched yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, did you know that the xenomorph itself only has four minutes of screen time altogether? That I believe. Yeah. I, I mean, because it, this is one of those movies, like similar to Jaws, where you don't see the shark, yeah. you know, for the majority of the film. Yeah. It's shot from perspective and it's shot, you see like, you know, you hear scratching or they're tracing something and they don't know what it is. Right. They, they really leave the... Uh, the visual of the alien out of there it sort of lets you play with your imagination of course and less is more i suppose because you don't know exactly what is going on um for all you know that well for all you know while you're watching the film the alien could be around the corner somebody could just get taken off and you know killed or impregnated or whatever but it's um I think it's a really clever idea, you know, because you don't see it that much. And when you do see it, it is terrifying um, because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And of course, the uh, the design 
of the alien itself done by H.R. Giger. Mm. And, you know, it's one of the most iconic designs of pretty much any movie monster of all time. Of you course. know, it, the alien's definitely up there as one of the greats. Yes. Um, I mean, apparently there were a lot of different designs for the creature itself, all very different looking ones. And uh, Giger was, he basically said, no, I want this one. And uh, that was the design they actually went for. In the end, I think um, I think there was about eight different designs for the creature itself. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's quite cool, really, um, because that is one of the most iconic-looking creatures in any kind of sci-fi horror. And I don't think anything. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing has ever qu- um, come up to the quality of that creature. Yeah, and I think the other thing we should mention about this movie is that this is the, the first Alien. Not only did it obviously spawn a series of sequels. Mm. But it was so impactful, sort of, in the world of cinema. Of course. That it it spawned not only, like, spoofs, but, like, in, an entire genre of films are just ripped off of Alien. Oh, yeah. Like, you, watching any movie where there's people, you know, sort of locked in an enclosed space and there's some sort of monster or something that's in there picking them off one by one, you're like, yeah, this is just an Alien ripoff. I mean, they do it, they do it all the time now with all kinds of movies that are even, like, in submarines and stuff now. Mm movies that anything that's out in space like everything is influenced from this original alien movie of course i mean uh, you talk of spoofs i mean there was one in Spaceballs as well with john oh, yeah. hurt re, uh right john hurt reprising his yeah, role cane, <laughs> and then the alien popping out of his chest with the top hat and tails and the cane doing the dance and scooting <laughs> across the the bar which is but uh, for some reason as soon as you said spoof that was the first thing that popped into my mind but um right yeah, you know, there's so many, and it is one of those films where you can sit down and watch it, and if you want to introduce somebody to something like that, you know, sci-fi horror, that is the perfect specimen to... Uh... Yeah, this I was I didn't actually see this movie <laughs> until well after I saw Aliens. Right. Like, I didn't even really know that there was a, a, a first one of this. Mm. Like, I was introduced to Aliens, you know, pretty young, and I loved the movie, obviously, And it was something where I probably would go to the video store and I'd be like, oh, alien, I've seen that. That's, you know, that's the one where they go on the planet and they shoot up all these aliens and whatnot. Not knowing that the the little S at the end of it, you know, makes it a different movie. Um, But I didn't really find that out until I think like Alien 3 came out when I was like, three? Well, where's two? (laughs) And then, you know, after uh, a little bit of research somehow. You know, see, I don't. You know, talking to people or whatever, you figure out that there actually was a first one. Yeah. See, I can remember it being aired on TV in 1982 in the UK, um, three years after it was released, and it was late at night. And I can always remember my mum and dad wouldn't let me stay up and watch it. But I snuck downstairs while it was on because my brother was watching it, and I was looking up while I was looking up on the film itself. Um. I found out that there's actually an additional scene in the U- in on, in the film when it aired on the UK, um, when okay. Ripley is going to the ship um, at the end of the movie to escape to get the escape pod. Um, there is one particular scene where you actually see the shadow of the alien creeping, and it's not on the DVD or theatrical cut. It's nowhere to be found on any of the DVD formats. So really. Yeah, so it was just one tiny little scene where you see the alien sneak on board. And I don't remember mm. it, but um, <clears throat> it was just one of those things where um, it's probably on the rough cut on the on the 192-minute uh, long version, which I don't think anybody yeah. has ever seen. So, uh, yeah, that would be kind of cool to get hold of that, just to see, just to watch that. Oh, sure. Although, yeah, although it would be quite the undertaking. So yeah, yeah. I, I I love a lot of the the crappy spinoffs that get made from this. I mean, there was a lot of false sequels made to the first movie as well. Really, um, a lot of them are, a lot of them are Italian because obviously, the the sort of scummy thing in Italy at the time was to just take any movie, slap a number two on it, and that was you know that was your own movie. So they mm. they would uh they they actually had an Alien two, <laughs> which was pretty crappy, but it was it was gory insanely gory okay um it was just like a splatter flick i'm trying to i think that one took place in a cave on earth 
Weird. and it was implying, but it wasn't the same type of alien or anything. There were some sort of eggs, from what I remember. It's been a little while since I watched this one too, but there's also stuff like contamination, and there was a alien from the deep, and they were all not only just ripoffs of the first movie, but also like implied sequels or semi sequels oh, that have like the government getting a hold of eggs or something and bringing them back to Earth, that and then um, like other. Uh, <laughs> Oh, oh, they're truly awful, but amazing at the same time. I, I love, you know, cheesy uh, Italian horror movies. Right. But you also have ones that are just like, not well, I, I guess you could call them blatant ripoffs, but they're just sort of capitalizing on the craze that this one sort of started. You'd have films like Creature or, um, let's see, the, uh, the one in space, Galaxy of Terror and um forbidden planet like all of these or was it was a forbidden planet forbidden world i can't remember the name of it but they're all basically like alien ripoffs that have either the similar scene or similar scenes from this movie and you know they change enough so it's not yeah a complete ripoff with in my opinion the exception of um creature that movie is basically just an entire alien ripoff uh done with terrible acting and terrible special effects okay so it's a it's another Roger Corman classic. Oh, Roger Corman, him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that sounds like something to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I get stuck watching so many terrible movies Dude, and loving you, them. Yeah, it's just funny. It's funny you saying that. I've got so many movies in my collection that I love, nobody else likes. So when I put them on, <laughs> I just I just put them on just to torment them. It's like, oh yeah, we're gonna watch it. Yes. Why? Because I can. <laughs> it's oh my god! My movie. So yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I really, I really love the first Alien. That's that's one of my favorites. But the best part about the movie that I think is the tension that it builds. Yeah, hmm. it's the uh, the tension that the first movie builds. That it's 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 just increasing and increasing the whole time. You know, you don't know what what this alien is or what it's doing. You know, it's on the ship. And you know it's like picking people off one at a time, yeah. and it's your everything's really tight quarters. They're going down closed, you know, close quarters and everything, and you know it just puts this really sense of dread that you kind of don't really get in any of the other films. I think the first one's the only one that really manages to get this. Of course, I think um, I think you're right in everything you say on that one. It's just there's so much tension, and it is gripping because some people. I've known some people, they just say, oh, we can't watch that because it's just too scary. And yeah, right. And I'm, I'm think, I think to myself, when I look back at horror movies or sci-fi horror, if I look at all the movies that I've seen over the years, the one that really does give me that sense of terror and fear is Alien. Yeah, mm -hmm. it gets me every time. It does get me gripped every single time. And I think that's why I love it. I love movies that give me a good scare. And obviously, yeah. being so young, you know, when I watched it, I think I was 10 when I first watched it properly. Um, because in the UK, it would take about five years for it to come out on VHS. And it was really bad. You know, oh, no, I say five years. I think it was, obviously, it was 1984 when I first watched it. So it had been out for a few years. But I think it took about two years for it to come out on VHS in the UK. And then... It's probably even more. I mean, back in the day when when a movie was in a movie theater, and by the time it reached uh, VHS, it, it was years. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like today where you'll see a movie in a movie theater and then two months later it's out on Blu-ray. Mm -hmm. See, but I mean, back back then it took years to get a movie out on VHS. See, I can remember watching stuff and you know going into my local video store and they'd still have the prices of what they paid for them on the on the video oh, yeah. cassettes back at the day. I mean, they were paying stuff like eighty nine ninety nine for a VHS. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I couldn't believe that. And I thought to myself, how the hell did they make so much turnover? Um, you know, when it comes to these movies being released. But the, a lot has changed over the years. In 30 years, it's changed very much. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, I think, uh, yeah, Alien is definitely, I think Alien definitely gets a 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's definitely one of the best. Mm -hmm. I think one of the best seventies horror movies there is. You yeah. know, it, it's sort of like the top tier of horror in my opinion. I, it, it created its own genres. Yeah, and if that isn't, if that doesn't, you know, 
get it some praise, I don't know what will. Mm, indeed. So, yeah. Moving on, we have... Yep. I have no notes for this, simply because we can just talk a donkey's ear off about this one. Aliens. <laughs> oh, man, I love Aliens. Me. It is... It's one of those movies that I think no matter what I'm doing during the day, if I was flipping through the channels and I saw it was on, I would watch the entire thing, yes. you know, from start to finish. I'd be like, oh, this is what I'm doing today. Yeah. I'm watching Aliens. Yeah, indeed. I mean, what can you... What is there to say about it? It's just pure class in every single way. Um, yeah. James Cameron, personally speaking, I think he did an absolutely amazing job with it. Um, yes. It's it's completely flawless, that film, in my opinion. Um, you know what I actually, I absolutely love about Aliens is, is sort of the, the look and feel, you know, like not only the cin cinematography, but the the special effects. Everything has this, like... It's glossy and it's clear, but it's still dirty at the same time, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yes. Like, like it's so <clears throat> polished. It feels, it's one of those few movies that when you see, like, oh, this is what the future is, like, it feels like that's what this actually is. It looks like yeah. a real place that these people are. It's got a proper industrial, gritty, dirty feel about it. And Yeah. It, yeah. it, it not only looks futuristic, but it also looks lived in. It looks like something that actually exists. It's awesome. Yes, it is. Um, it's, it's just so much to say about it. We could talk about this film for hours, but we can't. Um, <laughs> so we have to narrow it down. <laughs> well, we, well, well, we can, but I don't know if anyone's going to want to actually listen to it. No, this is true. <laughs> um, but Aliens, obviously... It came out in 1986, seven years after Alien. No one knew it was going to happen. Yep. Nobody had any any idea because obviously back back in the day, you only heard about things when they were being released. You know, it was like, oh, movie yep. coming out. Uh, there's a TV advert. Oh, great. Okay. Um, but uh, uh, I'm going to talk about the director's cut. <clears throat> um, but before you get started, um, did, did you ever hear the? Um... Sort of the story of how James Cameron pitched Aliens. I did. I can't remember it, but you'll have to refresh my memory. So, so what had happened was uh, this is right after he came off making the Terminator. Right. Right. So he well he had done a couple other movies. He did the he did Piranha Two, another Roger Corman film. Um, um, the Spawning, but Flying Piranha, another um, classic movie. So he did that, and then he went on and made The Terminator, mm. which is obviously a huge success, and it you know blew up everywhere, and everyone loved it. So the studio kind of went to James Cameron, were like, you know, what do you have in mind for your next film? And I guess he had this big meeting, and I think it was with 20th Century Fox. Right. Goes into the meeting, and there's like a chalkboard behind him, and he writes down on the chalkboard, Alien. And then he writes an S at the end yeah. and then puts a slash through it to make it a dollar sign. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. That's it. He just, I think I always think that's the greatest story I've ever heard. I'm like, that is, it would be so, if this movie turned out bad, that pitch would sound like just the worst idea of all time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to make this movie and it's going to make a ton of money, Yeah. but he sort of had this vision for it and it was amazing. Mm. I just love that. That's how that's how it got started. He just draws an S and then a line through it. That's cool. I mean, I because I, I read some stuff up about it the other day. Obviously, when I was looking for info, and um, there is there is another story how he got told he got aliens on the last day of filming Terminator. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I thought that was pretty cool. You know. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm just sitting back on my sofa at the moment because I don't need. Actually, I it, don't need. It sounds a little bit. It sounds a little bit clearer. Actually, that sounds better. Oh really? Well, I've got the mic on my knee. Yes, it's. Yeah. It sounds really good. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was yeah just reading that how he got he got the get go, got the say so. Sorry, um, on the final day of wrapping Terminator, which was pretty dull. Wow. Um, but yeah. Aliens. Oh, let's see. Right, where were we? Set. So yeah. the movie also. No, this is this is a little. I don't know if it's a little too geek or whatever, but there's a, there's a lot 
in this movie that relates to Starship Troopers, and I don't necessarily mean Starship Troopers, <clears throat> Starship Troopers the movie. I mean the the book by Robert Heinlein. See, no, I have the book, um, but I've never read it. Oh, really? Yes. Um, it was one of those books I picked up really cheap, and I thought, right, I'll get into that. I will read that, but then I got sidetracked by other books. Um, yeah, my uncle, my uncle gave me a copy of the book when the Starship Troopers movie came out. Right, and he's like, "Oh, you have to actually, you have to read this instead of watching the movie." Okay, which I put off for a few years, but then I eventually got around to it. And it's a good book. Okay, but but things like the um, the mech suit that's in Aliens that was from Starship Troopers. Oh, I did not um, know that. There are other little little clips. I there's there's some stuff like the the so the way the Marines are sort of strapped in on the drop ships. Right. And and how they were like they they use like small ships to tr to transfer you know to and from uh, the larger one that's up in space yeah um like all these sort of ideas that were built into the uh, the Starship Troopers ones and they even make reference to things like um you know when when they're talking the, all the Marines are gathered together in the beginning and they're like so what do we got here another bug hunt yeah like have these people fought aliens before I mean in the Starship Troopers ones that's how all the you know the um, the storm, the Starship Troopers act in regards to you know being given an assignment or something. They're like, oh, we're gonna go squashing bugs. Right. But it's sort of out of left field in this one. Like, is there some connection, or, or is he just putting that in as sort of like an in joke to people that have read the book? Okay. All right. But yeah. Anyway, um, indeterminate amount of time set after the first movie. You don't really know, unless you've watched the director's cut, you don't really know that it's, it's set 57 years after the first film. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, basically, Ripley ends up in a space station and um, the company uh, are there that own the space station itself. And they Ripley gets taken to a court where she is revoked license because she destroyed the ship. Um, despite telling the court everything that happened on board, like the alien bleeding acid for blood and you know killing off all the crew, and they didn't they didn't care about the crew. They just cared about the fact she broke she blew up a massively expensive spaceship. Um, and when she explains to them about the planet where they looked for, or where they went to. Um, uh, see where the distress signal had come from. Um, she then finds out that there are families on LV-426. And yep. um, it's during the direct, in the director's cut, when uh, when their, um, I think there's Newt's family are in their shuttle and they're basically, they find the, um, the old space jockey ship. And uh, it's basically they get caught out. The dad gets gets a face hugger attached to his face, and then it all goes from there. And Ripley gets told um, by Burke Carter Burke, um, who everybody hates, that um, they've lost contact with LV four twenty six, and that they need her to. Everybody go hates Paul Reiser. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mad about you? Yeah. No, it is. <laughs> I no, love that he's in no. this. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, basically she ends up going back onto LV twenty four LV four twenty six. Why they've lost contact with um, the outside world, and when she when she gets there with the Marines, um, it turns out that. The aliens have basically taken over, um, leading to all sorts of carnage and mayhem and awesome special effects. <laughs> amazing yes. story. Yes. It's just an amazing story. Everything about it is just awesome. Um, and then some immortal lines in cinema, you know, She's like, get away from her, you bitch. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, and right. Do you know what? I, game I don't over, care what anybody says. Yeah, game over. No, what the fuck are we supposed to do? But it's, to me, I saw say one of the best bitch fights I've ever seen in a film is Ripley 
in that loader with the Queen Alien, and she's beating the shit out of her. Yep. I saw her as one of the best scenes in any film. I mean, I've seen some good action films, but this one just was just amazing. Yeah, and that's something to note that this this movie is a drastic change in tone from the first Alien to this one. Like Mm. the first one is it's it's methodical. There's a lot of tension, you know. It's not like jump scares. It's more like what's you know what's going to happen and how are they going to handle this? And the tension just builds and builds and builds up until the end. This movie is like a nonstop action fest, just pure action. There's very I, I think there's very little horror in this actually. This one, of course. like, sort of crosses the line into the action world. Also, have you noticed the false endings in the movie as well? There's two false endings. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's like you think they've escaped, they've gotten off the planet, they've blown it, they've split, and you think, oh, it's, that's it, it's the end, you know, awesome. And then they're on the ship, and then they're like, hang on a second, what's going on here? And <laughs> right. then Bishop gets ripped in half, and you're like, fuck okay it's not over yet and it's just oh it's just amazing it just leads on to one of the best fight scenes i've ever seen on film yeah and, and the whole movie is is kept it's like at a breakneck neck pace of course yeah. constant constant movement you know you're never stuck in one location i mean there's so many like parts of this movie that you can think of and just visually see in your head you know whether they're in the hangar in the beginning and ripley's showing them how to use the machine and then you know they're in the, they're in the drop ship going down you see them going across the surface and they go into the, you know they go into the 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 what do you call it the how they're they're changing the atmosphere oh the atmosphere um, processor the geo the yeah, right. The atmosphere processor. That's what I'm thinking yeah. of. You know, all these scenes, everything looks unique, yet it, everything is super memorable. Mm. And I think that's... I mean, there are, t- there are times in a lot of movies where everything is the same. This is a movie where it's constantly changing, they're constantly moving, and it's like you're on the edge of your seat the whole time. Yeah, and I think that's why it's such a memorable film. And all the fans will state that Aliens is possibly one of the best action films, and maybe their favorite film out of the entire franchise uh, because yeah that's that's arguable yeah. do you think this surpasses the first one uh, it does in certain ways i mean alien was fantastic in like terror claustrophobic um horror you know just seven people stuck on a ship not knowing what the fuck is going on yeah where this one that on a planet all hell is broken loose and there are more people there you know they're like yeah we can take them out and they all get picked off one by one. And it's just with aliens, when you're watching it you, and there is so much stuff in there that you don't expect to happen. And yet it's pulled off with such ferocity. Um, it's just, it's a unique film in that aspect. It is unique in every single way. Yeah. You know, it's for me, I just think, it is easily one of the best sci-fi action horror flicks I've ever seen. But yeah, you're right in the aspect yeah. of like there's hardly any horror in it. But it overall, the underlying theme of it is the horror is they could be taken by these aliens and they, they will get impregnated. But it's when they find out that there is a queen, that adds even more horror and terror to it because you never know these workers they're taking these people to be impregnated by the queen so it's yeah yeah so in a sense it's almost like in reference to the starship troopers thing as well oh yeah yeah Yeah. and that's what i mean i mean um i i haven't listened to the director's commentary in this one but now i really want to go back and uh and listen to it i know it's on the quadrilogy set that i have um and, and just you know sort of see if he um you know, if Cameron mentions that, or if there's anything, I mean, I know there, there's some obvious stuff. Um, I, I can't even remember. There's a symbol for the for the Marines that they have on their ship, and I think maybe even on their shirts. And I know that that symbol is somehow referenced. I'm just trying to remember back to the last time I saw like a, a making of or something on this movie. Okay. I, I know there's there's a bunch of stuff like that, like sort of in references to, to Starship Troopers. Right. But you got to remember that this movie this movie came out. What a good. 10, 12 years before the Starship Troopers film got made? Yeah, Starship Troopers came out in 97. Is that what it was? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's 11 years. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I saw that in the theaters, actually. Oh. Yep. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm so old. <laughs> another one of my favorites, but we'll have to, we'll have to hold that off for another, uh, another podcast. Um, maybe we'll have to do a, uh, a Paul Verhoeven podcast. I love Verhoeven. Right. He's one of my favorite directors. Mm. But yeah, that's it. what's interesting on this. And I think, I think Cameron picked the exact right direction to go on this one. Yeah. Um, because once people have already seen the first alien, right, you know what it is, you know what it does. There's not really any sort of secrets. You know what I yeah. mean? That, that can unfold from it. So he sort of knew that we can't do another Jaws type where you have it hiding in the shadows and you don't know what it looks like. He's like, we're going to put this thing front and center. It's going to be bright out in the open. We're going to have Marines fighting them, and there's going to be a million of them. Yeah. And, and it works perfectly. Yeah. Like, he picked the perfect direction to go on this one. Yeah, and it is superb in every single way. Um, I can't fault that movie at all. Um, <clears throat> for me, it just gets a 10 out of 10 straight off the bat primarily because it is so amazing and it does it yeah. does keep you on the edge of your seat the tension is there you got the fear in there as well and it's oh it's just fantastic it's such a great film um, yeah and i think another another great point on this is i love lance henriksen this is one of my favorite roles of his yeah. and i love lance henriksen bishop, yeah. um yeah he is great as the android bishop and um they they he again Cameron knew that he was going to do sort of a change in direction, you know, on, on the first alien, um, I think it was Ash, right? Yeah. Um, where they kept that a secret that Ash was an android. Um, they, they changed it up for this one and they reveal that Bishop's an android right in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's like, it's like, no, he doesn't have it as a surprise. And, and you have that sort of distrust from Ripley. That's like, I don't even want to talk to this guy. Keep away from me. Yeah. When she finds out that, he, that he's an android. Mm -hmm. But it's done in such a... Oh, and Vasquez. <laughs> How can I, I forget oh, Vasquez? Yeah. I love her in this movie. Yeah, likewise, Vasquez is just awesome. She really is. She's hard yep. as nails. Yeah. yeah. Hard as fuck. The back, yeah. the um, back and forth from uh, Bill Paxton and her. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, if, brilliant. Have you it ever really been is. mistaken for a man? Yeah, no, he goes, have you ever have been you? mistaken for a man? And she says, no, have you? <laughs> it's awesome. It's, it is oh, awesome. I absolutely She's love so it. She's so funny in that as well. I mean, she does come up with some classic yeah. lines. And I was actually really sad to see her because I thought to myself, they could have done so much more with her. But yeah. because she was so hardcore as well. And it's like when she gets blown up with Gorman, she says, you always were an arsehole, Gorman. And then, boom. It's, it's like, oh, yeah. man, you know, did they have to? Because I would love to have seen her, like, come through at the end. Right. And it's incredible you can have these characters that, like, you remember, but they're, you know, they don't have a lot in the film. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's not like the whole film is about them. They're just sort of side characters, but they're done so well mm. that, you know, they really stand out in your mind. <clears throat> yeah, well, the... Um... Something or other. I can't remember what her last name is. She later turns up in uh, Titanic. Would you believe <laughs> another? Really? Yeah, she's one Titanic. of Titanic. Yeah, she's one of the um, uh, one of the Irish passengers. Um, well, I, I know she's in um, she's in Terminator Two. That I know. Yeah, she's also in Near Dark. She... Oh, really? Near Dark. Yeah. Wow! Plays, I gotta go. Oh, she plays the uh, she plays the main girl in that one. Yeah, no, she plays the the mother, um, the vampires. Oh right, right, right. Not the not the, not the love interest. No, the, the leader. I meant of the of the, yeah. the, the leader's wife. Wow, you know yeah. what? I so, that this is gonna sound so stupid, but I never really pieced that together. Bill Paxton, <laughs> Lance Hendrickson. It's yeah. <laughs> What's her name? Vasquez. Yeah. No wonder I like that movie really. so much. It's just it's just a recast aliens movie with vampires. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um she uh yeah yeah it's well it's just all the characters in that were all cool. I mean obviously when you look at the car when you look at the film now and you think, right, they're all expendable. They're all gonna die, right. but how they're gonna die is 
the other thing, but it's the way they go out as well. Some of them go out fighting, some of them have no fucking choice. Um, <laughs> you know, oh dear, we've been blown up, and uh, yeah, they've been taken off to be cocooned and all that kind of stuff. But it's just there's so many, so many great things about that film, and I dare anybody to say that they dislike aliens because they will fill my wrath because <laughs> yes. I just I can't fault that movie at all. Yeah, I, I think I stand on the other side, though. I think I like the original a little bit better. Um, just just more from a horror aspect, be, okay. you know, because it sort of it brings that it brings that dread and terror that I don't really feel in this one. In this one, it I mean, it, to go along with like, you know, Terminator 2 or something like that, it's yeah. just more of like a kick ass. And you're just like, yes, yes, get him. You know, it's not that like, yeah. oh, my God, it's coming. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but still, still amazing. Yes, it is. It's just one of those films that you just can't help but love. <clears throat> to the point where I might have to t- put it on again tonight. Once we've done, yeah, once uh, we've done with the podcast. Uh, I... Now, see, now when you get talking about this, because I haven't. The last time I watched all the Alien films, I did a a marathon at my friend's house, right. and we watched all the director's cuts all in a row. And uh, I think yeah, we watched all the aliens, and then we watched the two Alien vs Predator movies after that. And this was, I think, this was before Prometheus came out. Right. Okay. So it's it's been quite a while um, since I watched the uh, Aliens, at least Alien and Aliens. Right. Well, I mean, for me, it's only been a week, so I might have to start again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I might have to... You're ready to watch it again. Yeah, I might have to watch it again. I've done the Walking Dead marathon for the last two days. I think it's about time I start doing the my uh, Alien marathon again. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to put. Maybe I have to put some of them on. I don't yeah. know. I probably have a list of movies I'm supposed to be watching somewhere. Oh man, I've got so many movies I need to watch. I've got movies still in the shrink wrap that I've not watched yet. But no, don't get me started on <laughs> stacks of those. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've just. I'm busy sitting. I'm busy sitting over here watching the horrible, horrible Hellraiser movies. Oh, God. Which we'll which we'll save for the uh, for the next podcast. Yeah, that, um, I think that's one I might have to just sit out of and <laughs> just listen oh my to, God. just for shits and giggles, because that'd be so. It 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 literally took me about six tries to watch part eight. Like oh. I kept falling asleep, oh, like just completely conked out. Was didn't that make it? Didn't wasn't that like a sign? You know, it's like don't I know don't watch well, this listen, movie. Tr- this movie sucks. Don't watch it. <laughs> I know I should have been putting on aliens. Yeah, exactly. That's what I re- that's what I really should have been doing. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, uh, son right. of a bitch. So is there anything else on alien and aliens that you want to talk? No, about? no. Um, um, no, there's nothing else that I can think of when it comes to um, aliens, really. Not unless you want to bring something up. I mean, the um, yeah. One thing I'd like to bring up is the relationship between Ripley and Newt. Right. So what I find interesting, like in, in if people hadn't seen the movie in the beginning of the movie, uh, Ripley finds out what, when, okay. In alien one, when Ripley was out in space doing whatever she was doing, collecting trash or mining or whatever it was, um, her daughter was back on earth. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so Rip, Ripley has this thing. She gets sent out and they, she gets put in a cryostasis and essentially lost in space for 50 some odd years. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they find her, they revive her. And then she's like, Oh, I want to see my daughter. And aren't they like your daughter's like 65 years old or something. Like she's an old woman and lived her whole life without her mother. Yeah. And, and Ripley's like crushed by this. Like she's, so she's essentially younger than her daughter is Yeah, because at this yeah, point. She finds out that her daughter has died as well. Oh, she died? Yeah. yeah, that part even slipped my mind. Yeah, she actually, but, at the time of her death, she was 66 years old. So, yeah. yeah, oh, okay. No kids. Um, right, so then she then she meets Newt, yeah. the, the lone survivor of the colony that was set up, um, you know, for, for uh, that the colonists that were living there, Newt's the only one that survived. Yeah. And, she, you know, she's like a 10 or 11-year-old girl, and Ripley's like, oh, I had a daughter your age once. Mm. And she sort of just attaches onto her like she's her new mother. Yes. And, you know, the motherly instinct takes over when she's got to fight the queen. And it's it's it, it like adds this other level of um, of something that I think you don't even really see in a lot of horror movies. 
um, or even just movies in general, it's it's sort of this um, it's a female empowerment, yeah. but it's a different kind besides being like, I mean, you see a lot of movies that are like, I'm an independent female and, you know, I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. But mm-hmm. you don't see a lot of uh, a motherhood sort of like. I don't even know what, what what you would call it. it it's just like a, surrogate uh, daughter. a female motherhood instinct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mother, mother, and surrogate daughter, in a way, because obviously she's seeing her as the daughter she she missed out on, and right. maybe hoping that she could do something with that, and you know, hope help raise her, and yeah, you know, do everything that she couldn't do with Newt. <clears throat> And I th- yeah, I think that that level of Ripley's character in this one, it, it makes her more unique than almost any other, um, you know, heroine in the movie. Um, the, the you, see, you know, when you think about like badass female roles in even like action movies or in anything else. Yeah. I mean, Ripley's like the top one. You, know, you could talk about like the bride in, in Kill Bill or, or I mean, yeah, I guess even Vasquez is a pretty good example of one. But yeah. they don't they all they never really have that that sort of um that dominating instinct uh of protection that they show in that no i think that's something that's it's unique to this movie and it is also super badass yeah it is i mean you don't really see it that often at all in movies so it is kind of cool that 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 you brought that up so obviously you get you get tv shows you get stuff like buffy and all that kind of stuff the female empowerment and you know women are a lot stronger um, in mind um, than most men are. Right. But the way, way it's done it is, it is brilliant. It is unique. <coughs> Excuse me. So, uh, yeah, I'm smoking too much. <laughs> <laughs> but, <yeah>. Smoking, farting. Yeah. There's a whole lot going on over there. Yeah. That's what we do in the UK. We smoke and we fart. (laughs) (laughs) And we drink alcohol. (laughs) But yeah. So anyway, um, how are we going to do this? Are we going to... So, well, what we could do is um, we could say we may have to hold off for next time. Uh, Since we're going a little long on these, I know we could probably talk about the Alien movies forever. Um, Mm -hmm. But maybe we'll split this up. We'll do a two-parter. And... um, you know, we'll come back next time with a discussion of the rest of the Alien movies and uh, and Prometheus. Um, okay. So I think we could just leave it at that for now. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. All right. So uh, we'll stop right here and we'll pick up right after this. Okay, cool. Thank you for listening to UHM's podcast. Join us on Facebook and please visit our main page at upcominghorrormovies.com. We'll see you next time.